Hi, this is Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about six steps to secure remote access. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Sam Elliott. He's the Director of Security Product Management at BombGar. Sam, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Sam, remote access has emerged as one of the top attack vectors for enterprises. What do you find organizations are commonly overlooking when it comes to securing remote access? So, Tom, you know, you're right about that. Uh, one of the stats that we like to, to cite is that Trustwave found that unsecured remote access tools were the leading method of compromise used by cyber criminals. And I think that holds true because it's a lot easier for a threat actor to do a quick search on the Internet and find an unsecured remote access pathway into an organization than it is for them to use more mature tradecraft like phishing or you know some kind of brute force access. If they can just find a path that leads them directly into the environment where they've had to do very little work, then that's so much the better for them. And so I think when organizations are thinking about controlling access to privileged users and to making sure that privileged users can get access to, to what they need to get, they need to think more broadly than just beyond that privilege credential. They need to be thinking about what remote access mechanisms are in place, how are those remote mechanisms being used, who is using them, uh, in other words, are the insiders, are the external vendors, are they both, and then how might they be exposed to, to an external threat actor. So Sam, this isn't necessarily a new conversation, but we've been talking about remote access since dial-up days, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. This has been around a long time, and I think we have uh, this challenge with, uh, with, with that kind of traditional thinking that organizations are still kind of tackling or trying to tackle. The, the challenge is today it's kind of a free-for-all. We've got no real centralized monitoring or auditing. You've got this challenge where external vendors may be coming into an organization using their own tools. Uh, when I talk to CISOs who, who realize this, you can almost feel the auditors breathing down their necks because they know they don't have a way in the case of, of a breach or in the case of having to demonstrate compliance. They've got to use a bunch of different tools and a bunch of different methods in order to really get a clear picture of who's accessing what and what do they have access to. And I think that's really the challenge with the traditional approach with tools like RDP or VNC. You've got to get the, the, the next generation, if you will, in terms of remote access tools to help manage that privilege access in a way that is centralized and can, can, can give you the monitoring and the, uh, the attestation uh, capabilities that you need in, in today's threat landscape. So Sam, one of the things that stands out about BombGuard is you have an access-first approach to security. At the top of this conversation, I talked about the six steps to secure remote access. Can you walk me through those six steps that you recommend? And let's start with this. For securing the access or the connection, what are the steps you recommend? Yeah, so for securing the access or the connection, we really, we really think in general about access-first. And that's opposed to thinking about accounts first, which is very, very common uh, when you're dealing with, a, with implementing a privilege access strategy for the first time. So you think about, you know, you might want to figure out exactly who has domain admin credentials 
and get control of those and maybe put them in a in a, uh, a password vault or a password safe of some kind and make sure that they can only be checked out by the appropriate folks. But the challenge with that approach is that while you're going through that process of locking up those credentials, you still have that back door open, which are these remote access pathways that we, we kind of talked about uh, in, the, in those first couple of questions. And so that's why BombGuard's approach is more access first and account second. It's not that we think accounts are not important to protect. They absolutely must be protected. We just think they need to be protected in a way that makes sense for the security of the whole organization. I'll give you a really dumb uh, mental picture uh, that I like to use. So uh, I, I think a lot about those old timey spy movies or maybe even the newer spy movies where you've got this great big vault, this great big safe, but in front of that safe, even though it's got this really cool combination lock and the giant spinner or whatnot, you've got this giant grid of laser beams. And though that grid of laser beams exists, so if somebody has gained access to the room where the safe is in the first place, they've still gotta get through that grid of laser beams without tripping alarms. And those laser beams are, are kind of the idea uh, of our access first methodology. So our first step is securing and controlling vendor access because those as an organization are your easiest group of people to control. They come into your organization, therefore they have to adhere to your policies. The second step, which fits into that securing access uh, kind of category that you were talking about, is securing and controlling the insider access. That's any individual who has privilege access of some type. And so we often hear, oh, well, that means we got to make sure we've got the IT administrators, the IT operations folks, all of those folks need to be under control. And we say, yeah, that's right. But don't forget about your service desk technicians, because those folks typically have some kind of desktop admin privileges, which could be used by a threat actor as well to, to ultimately uh, exfiltrate some information out of your environment. So Sam, next step. Securing the identity or the credential. What are the steps you recommend for that? Yeah, so out of our six steps, Tom, uh, we really see that the, the last four steps revolve around the, the identity. And that doesn't mean you can't do all of our steps in concert. It just really depends on an organization's security maturity. We find so often that our, our clients are kind of just embarking on their privilege access management strategy. And so they need a roadmap or a bit of a prescription on how to get started and what low hanging fruit they can knock off. So that's why we start with those first two steps, securing access and controlling access to vendors and then securing and controlling access for your insiders, including your service desk. And then we move on to the next four. So number three is removing the risk of shared passwords. Uh, the idea that you, you no longer share what the actual credential is with your end users, and you accomplish that by leveraging a password vault of some kind. You could even take it a step further and don't require a check-in, check-out process so at some point the user actually can read the password or maybe the password is resident in the clipboard, and instead just directly inject credentials into a remote session. So we think if you do those first three steps, uh, you've gone a long way to securing your organization and that allows you to then take the time that you that you need to really do the next three steps in a way that's meaningful and lasting. And so the next three steps under identity are removing, step three is remove, sorry, step four is 
rotating and randomizing your privileged credentials. So making sure that every local credential that's, that's got some type of admin right on a box, whether it's a Windows box or a Linux box or a, a router or whatever, has a unique credential. So therefore you've prevented a threat actor from landing on one system and then using that to move laterally because they know the credential across say every desktop in the organization. The fifth step is where you get into managing business service uptime but with service account management, but still ensuring that those service accounts can be rotated. I'll give you a quick little story on the importance of managing service accounts. We just visited a client who uh, obviously I won't, won't give you a name for, uh, and they were looking at our technology for managing their service accounts. And they had a really critical business system that they had some guesses that they haven't rotated the service account for that business system in a long time. We ran our discovery and we found that their service accounts for that particular business system were 9.2 years old. And when we looked at that service account and we showed that to the client, they, they almost weren't surprised because they knew this business system that that service account was running was so critical that they didn't dare change it for fear of what it might impact and what might be brought down. So that's why we talk about step five in our six steps to secure access as giving our clients the ability to manage that business system uptime to ensure that those business systems stay up, but still manage the security by rotating the service accounts. So the sixth step in our six steps for secure access is one that, that we really feel you want to approach uh, once, you've, once you've tackled all the other steps, you've tackled that low-hanging fruit, and you've been able to uh, gain enough uh, of, a, of a security mitigation for your secure access that you can think about, how do I remove a, a prime target of the threat actors with app-to-app -app credential security? And what that step is really referencing is this idea of having hard-coded credentials in a script or in an application that a malicious user could simply read the file system, take a look at that, let's say it's a text file that the script is, is uh, of a script file that they've identified, open up that text file with notepad and read a credential include text. And so uh, we see the sixth step in secure access is removing that as an attack point and instead obscuring that credential using uh, technology through a password vault to call and, uh, and allow you to not only hide that credential from an attacker, but also rotate it very frequently through the password vaulting technology and therefore no longer making it a, a, par, a potential for attack. Uh, Sam, that's a great overview. Now talk to me a little bit about BombGar. How are you helping customers to adopt this framework and tackle the security challenges we've talked about here today? Sure, Tom. So really what we do is we make least privilege productive. And we, we really recognize that, that productivity and security often do not go hand in hand. And I think we've seen that with users as well. They, they tend to hear, hey, we're going to give you more secure tools. You get a collective groan out of the user base because that means their daily jobs just got harder because now they have to navigate through maybe some workflows that they didn't have to do before. Because BombGuard's been in the business of making remote access tools secure, making remote access tools fast, making them 
easy to use, and we've been doing this for over 12 years now. We know what IT admins, what operation folks, what service desk folks, what vendors want when it comes to a remote access tool. And so we know that it's not just about making them more secure. It's about making them more secure, but also making them more productive. And we think that if you can provide the users with more security tools that they actually want to use, then you're just going to have a, a more secure environment. Uh, I'll give you an example. So we've got a financial services company who had a lot of different vendors providing them support, and all of these vendors were using a lot of different technologies, right? One of the most commons was this financial services provider would give them that vendor VPN access into their environment, and then that vendor would use their RDP and come into the environment and access just the systems that they were supposed to access. Once the financial services company, who was our client, went through and saw what BombGuard could offer, uh, and they switched to the BombGuard technologies, we enabled them to remove the VPN access from those vendors and to standardize on a remote access tool that was easy to use and therefore would obtain the usership that they needed in order to move away from these older technologies. And so now this client can determine what the vendors can and can't do. They've got the attestation capabilities that they need from an audit standpoint. And they, they've really streamlined the way that they do business and secured themselves at the same time. Sam, one final question for you. I'm sure you deal with lots of organizations that have tried other solutions and, and not been successful. And we talked about the traditional approaches that haven't worked. What advice do you offer to organizations that want to assess their risks and they want to start this process of improving remote access security? Where's the starting point? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, d discovery, I think, is really the most important aspect with respect to understanding what remote tools are being used. When we go into organizations, most are shocked when they really start to see just the, the how many different remote pathways are available into their environment. And this is before we, can, we even have a chance to run our credential discovery technology which gives them information related to how old credentials are or what, what privileged credentials you might want to consider putting into to a password vault. So we always advise you want to lock down that remote access first. You want to get centralized auditing and monitoring in place and buy yourself some time so that when you do go to work on getting the privileged credentials under control, you've, you've been able to mitigate your threat risk significantly. So once you have discovered all that and then you actually do get into the tool selection, the other big thing that, that we harp on is to involve your users. Make sure that you adopt the technology that the users will use. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a call with the CISO that says, and he, he or she says, our users are just gonna have to take what we, what we push down to them because that's the best for our organization from a security standpoint. And it's great for me to be able to say, hey, look, we totally respect that. We want to make your security better. But what if we can also make your users' lives better by making them more productive and making their jobs easier? And so that's really, I think, the advice that we give to those organizations. Where do they start? Start evaluating access. Make sure that you bring your users in when you're selecting tools. Sam, it's been great insight, and I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. 
Hey, Tom. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and uh, look forward to continuing conversations with you in the future. We've been talking about six steps to secure remote access. I've been speaking with Sam Elliott. He's director of security product management at Bongar. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.